What's up, everybody? It's Dark Side with Vital MX. And today I'm here with Courtney Lloyd. She is the pro manager for Cycle North Power Sports. She is the amateur team manager for Cycle North Power Sports. She is the parts manager for Cycle North Power Sports. And she just got named team manager for World Supercross Team Muckoff FXR Club MX Yamaha. Courtney, that's a lot of hats. You are a very busy lady. Sounds like I really need a life. <laughs> <laughs> I want to get a little bit of history on your background. You're from Prince George, British Columbia, Canada, uh, and your family owns Cycle North Power Sports. Is that correct? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh, we grew up in a small town about an hour west of here. It's called Vanderhoof, but my parents had two dealerships. So my dad ran the one here. My mom ran the one there. And we just kind of grew up in it. It's all I really know is power sports and retail and it's um pretty pretty busy and it's it's you know family businesses can be hard but i wouldn't trade it for anything in the world i've got a my family really do support me a lot and my brothers used to race snowcross back in the day so i think that's where i got a little bit of the bug from growing up was from them but i could never have imagined it would turn into what it has that's for sure what brought that on why do you have such a strong passion for moto you know it's kind of one of those things that we always sponsored people growing up. Like, you know, I would hear my dad say, oh, we sponsored kids. And my brothers tried motocross, but they weren't very good. So they just stuck with snowcross. But um, <clears throat> when I was around 20, uh, Jesse Pettis, who everybody knows, he we sponsored him. He was on 50s and 65. And um, he just one day, he said, would you come out and watch me at the track? And I'm like, oh, I don't want to spend my weekends out there. <laughs> and I was like, kind of didn't want to go and and I went out and I just literally fell in love with the environment and the families and you know these kids that shouldn't want to hang out with their parents every weekend but they do and I just absolutely within like two or three weekends I fell in love with it I I got a motor home so that I could go and be around all the families each weekend and stuff and I I was just hooked and I don't I don't know if it was just I found like a, a little community for myself away from a little bit of the business and my family and it just, I don't know. I don't know. I cannot pinpoint it what exactly it was, but I'm sure glad that Jesse invited me out there that day. Eventually, I guess, is that how the amateur team and the pro team come about with the, the dealership? Yeah, for sure. So it was like kind of a natural progression with Jesse and some other local kids and just always making sure I was at the track for them and I bring them parts and stuff. And then when everyone kind of, started getting older and turning pro it was kind of just like oh okay I guess we're in the pro class now and then um the one year I decided to do the first year I decided to do the full outdoor national series up here um Brad Nodda had been coming up here for a couple years and he's like you know I have a I have a race truck I just need some bikes and some support so we kind of teamed up and then Ross Johnson was also up here um for a couple years and so he's like I've you know if you can get me some 450s so we kind of formed our little my first kind of venture into the pro stuff with the two of them. And it was, it worked out well. It was super easy. You know, the two of them were awesome. My first year was definitely a learning curve. Like <laughs> I, <laughs> I had so many things screwed up that year, but they just made it super easy on me. And, and then it just, yeah, as, you know, as time progressed it, we, my, my family just kind of gave me a little bit more budget each year to do more and more. And, then we, I just started hiring guys mostly for arena cross. We have a West Coast series arena cross, um, a future West. And I brought up like Sean Hamblin and Colin Dern and Ross, 
um, Adam Entenkamp came up one year and rode for me, and it just kind of progressed from there too, like winning the barn series, and and yeah, I don't know. Just fell in love. It with all the, kind yeah. of happened very naturally, but yeah. it, it seems like it was so long ago that it's like weird. When in 2016 you were named team manager for Team Canada for the MXDN team, the first female team manager in MXDN history. You did that for three years. Kind of talk about how that came to be and what those three years were like. So the, the year before that I had done it, Galdi did it. Um, Ryan Gald, as everyone knows him. And he, he did such a fantastic job, but he didn't get along with our sanctioning body. Um, so it just kind of fell apart. And so I phoned him and I said, would you be upset if I applied for the job? And he's like, no, but good luck with it. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. And um, he actually helped me a lot through it and guided me through it because the CMA didn't. So I was I relied on Galdi a ton. But um, it was honestly the, the best thing that I have ever done. It was so rewarding. It was, you know, when you live in a country like Canada, you're obviously you're proud to live here, but I've never felt like a pride of like wearing the maple leaf before. And that first year when we went to Italy and we had, you know, we had a couple fans, we didn't have a crazy amount of fans there, but you'd see the Canada flag in the crowd. And it was like, that's so sick to see it there and see that people have come to support us and the whole motocross community and, and Canada in general just got behind us and they fundraised the money. It was essentially their team. I was just running it. They, they gave us the money to do it. they, you know, they made it possible for us to bring the boys over there and, and do it in a really fantastic way. And I was proud. Like my, you know, my, my mom came and a couple of my aunts and uncles came and it was just like, it was, I felt such a sense of pride doing it. And I, and I did a really good job and I worked really, really hard to make it good for, for the community that paid for us to go. And, um, yeah, just the three years it flew by and I don't think I really absorbed it while I was there. I think I was too stressed out <laughs> to really enjoy it at the time, but um, I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. And I, and I would love to one day do it again. It was just a lot of political stuff that had happened right? that made me just quit. I just couldn't, I couldn't do it anymore. And so um, after Red Bud, um, I quit doing it. I had put in my resignation and I said once, once, the person that's in the CMA that has caused a lot of heartache for a lot of riders for a very long time was gone, then I'd be willing to come back and do it. But until then I, I just couldn't put myself through that again. It, it was, it's bad to be honest with you. It was really bad. You know, like it's a community thing for us. It's, it's the whole, it's every team, it's every manufacturer, it's every fan like that weekend is for them. It's not for us. It's not for ego. It's not for, you know, just to say that you're the manager, you really do have to represent every single person that attends. And so I think it's important to get back to how Galdi, Galdi really set the tone for that. I kind of just copied him. So I can't take the credit for that. The way that he set it up, like it needs to get back to that. Even if it's not me, if it's somebody else, it just, it needs to go back to what it used to be. There's not a lot of female involvement on the front lines of this sport. It's very male dominated sport. And over the last few years, yourself and Christina Denny, who worked with cycle trader, rock river team USA uh, and team USA, and then now, even with World Supercross, uh, Livia Lancelot coming on board, there seems to be a little bit of female, strong female presence and doing really good work for teams. How, does, how do you feel about that? Is it something that you're proud of? And why do you feel, or have you had any pushback throughout your years doing this because you are a female? Um. I feel really proud. I feel like Christina really paved the way. Like I, 
I looked up to her for years before I even met her. You know, I, I looked up to her and I was so impressed with what she did. And I would see her at the track and I'm like, Oh my God, that's Christina Denny. Like, I just want to go talk to her. Like I was such a super fan. And then at Anaheim one year, I waited in line at her truck and the boys were doing autographs and stuff. And um, I was like, can I meet Christina? And I don't even remember who the rider was to be perfectly honest with you, but he's like, actually. And I'm like, yeah, is that weird? And he's like, I don't know. So he like went and got her and he, he thought I was a super weirdo. Like she was just like, who is this chick? And then I explained to her, like I run a team up in Canada and like, I, you know, and then we became really good friends. So we like laugh about it now, how much of a stalker I was. But I think if it wasn't for her, like I wouldn't have had the courage to even go after like a team manager role. I think there's a lot of females in this sport behind the scenes. Yeah. Actually, I know there yeah. is. And you know, usually we just sit behind and kind of do a lot of the work, but give that team manager title to not just a man, but that's just kind of how it's typically always been. So it is a very male dominated sport, but it's also very, very female orientated. Like we, there's so many women that I see around the pits and around the teams and stuff, and they're, they're working their butts off. And just because they don't have that role doesn't, they don't get a lot of the credit that they deserve, but it's, um, it's something that, I'm really, really proud that I had the courage to go after it and kind of do it. Um, but I don't want to be treated different either. Like I'm a, a, because I'm a girl, I don't want to be like, you know, take like women ruling the world and stuff like this is not who I am. I was never treated differently with my two older brothers by my parents. And so it's not really weird for me to just kind of get my hands dirty and get in, and do the work, you know? So mm-hmm. As proud of it as I really am, I think it's it's important for people to know that, like, if you are a female and you're in a sport where it's quote unquote male dominated, it there's still a lot of girls and women in the in the sports that are doing the same amount of work, and so you you know you can do it just as good as they can. We're a little more organized than you guys too. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know, we can multitask. We can you know, but. Um, I am very proud of it, and I think it's a, I think it's really important for my nieces to see someone mm. like myself doing things like that, just like how I was, I had Christina to look up to for that. I want them to look up to me and be like, you know, my aunt did this, so I can go do whatever I choose to do. Oh, I love I that. Yeah, love that answer. With the recent press release of you becoming the team manager for Muckoff FXR Club MX Yamaha, tell us how that came about. How did you get involved with Brandon and uh, Club MX? So I had applied for a world supercross license myself. And so I was talking to some riders and stuff and I was waiting to hear, waiting to hear. And then, um, I talked to Adam Bailey, the promoter for it a a couple of times. And he's like, Oh, you know, I just, I just don't know if you'll have like the big name sponsors and stuff. And I was was kind of poopy about that because, you know, I don't need that. I, we have like our race thing. And anyways, so I was kind of bitter and I was like, but anyways, I didn't get my license, blah, blah, blah. I was complaining to Phil about it. <laughs> and Phil's like, yeah, you know, it kind of sucks or whatever. And, Nicoletti, and then, right? Phil Nicoletti? Yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah, Phil Nicoletti. And um, he was bummed out because, like, I wanted him to do it with me and a couple other people that I had been talking to. And so we were kind of stoked on it. And I had already in my head got it. And then when I didn't get it, I was like, oh. Mm. And then Phil called me one day and he said, hey, um, I talked to Brandon today from club and he wants to know if you would want to do something together. And I'm like, Oh, I don't know. Like I've never really worked with another team manager. I'm, like I've never, I've never been an employee before. If that makes any sense. So like, I don't know how to act. I don't know how I'm supposed to like, what if I get fired? You know? <laughs> so I was like, no, I don't think I'm going to do it. Like I don't, I've never worked for anyone. I've never 
I just don't think I'm, I'm comfortable doing it. It's weird. It's a Yamaha team. We don't sell Yamaha. So then anyways, I was telling my mom and dad about it a couple of days later. And my dad's like, what is wrong with you? And I'm like, why? And he's like, you are so dumb. If you're going to pass up an opportunity like this, just because of your ego. And I'm like, Oh, <laughs> is that what I'm doing? And he goes a thousand percent. He's like, you're just butthurt that you didn't get your license. And now you're going to pass on this opportunity. And every time you see one of these things being streamed, you're going to watch it and be grumpy. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, okay. But he's probably right. Right. And so then I kind of like went back to Phil and I'm like, well, do you think that they're still like willing to talk to me? So he's like, yeah, for sure. So then, um, Scott Jeffrey called me and then Brandon called me and we had a talk and, I just straight up said, like, listen, this is a learning curve for me because I've only ever had my own team. And with Team Canada, it was just me doing it, too. Like, I've never collaborated with anyone. And and I know Scott because he's obviously Canadian and he's seen me around the, the track and stuff for quite a few years. And he knows what I did, what I've done. And um, so he just really gave me the encouragement to, like, go ahead and say yes and do it. And so far, it's been fantastic. Like, they're a great group to work with. And it actually alleviates a lot of pressure off of me because they already have such structure already. So it's just a matter of me coming in and like, you know, just cleaning up some loose ends timeline wise, just making sure everything's on point and getting the mechanics together and the riders and everything. So I think it's been good so far and I think it will be good, you know, moving forward. And I hope that I do a good enough job that they would want me to continue maybe into next year if that's, if that's going to work. So I'm pretty pumped for it. What are your roles as team manager? You talk about getting the mechanics together and that kind of stuff, but what are your day-to-day roles? What have you been dealing with? So, so far it's just been kind of like rider contract stuff, just trying to get all the the riders signed. Obviously Phil got hurt. So um, he was going to do it and that would have been easy because he's, you know, he's one of my best friends. So I was, it was kind of like my safety blanket was taken away when Phil um, got injured again, but I've just been, yeah, just been talking to the riders and getting the mechanics all lined up. We have to have the crates and everything packed up here pretty soon. So just trying to coordinate people being at clubs, um, getting all the fluids and stuff overseas. So I, I got a hold of some local Yamaha dealerships in the towns that we're going to be in, and we're going to just get the fluids there, and I'll pick them up when we land. And, you know, coordinating flights and rental cars and there's a lot of different visas now after COVID that you need mm. to get into all these different countries. So just making sure that the boys have all their visas so that when we land there, we're not going to run into a bunch of issues. And basically just making sure that when we get to where we're going, everything is streamlined, you know, the rental cars, the hotels, the, everything, finding food in a place like Jakarta isn't really easy for these athletes and they are on very specific diet programs. So trying to find like local chefs that understand like, Hey, they can't eat like, you know, anything crazy the night before a race. And so just, just basically making sure that everything's going to be great for the riders when we're overseas is what I've been doing. I just want to make sure that I have everything dialed so that, you know, Brandon and and Scott don't regret bringing me on. Like I want them to look at it and be like, everything's organized, everything's streamlined. Yeah. You just pawn spreadsheet upon spreadsheet. (laughs) Have we officially announced the riders, I think Brandon told me at Millville is Amart, Marchbanks, and Enzo, and maybe one more, but I don't know if that's beneficial. Can you even tell us, or is that off the record? Um, right? Yeah, so I texted Brandon before you called me to see if I was allowed to. So we only have three riders right now, just because with Phil getting injured, we're, we're looking for the fourth. So we haven't actually sent out the team press release or anything until we, we get that fourth guy. Um, but as of right now, it's going to be 
Enzo Lopes, Jace Owen, and Cade Clayson. Okay. Oh, trip. I did not know about. I just talked to Cade, and he didn't tell me that. He's like, he wants to tell everyone so bad, and he's like, when can I start? I'm like, I don't know, man. Talk to Brandon. But I did ask Brandon before I before you called to make sure because I was like, if he asked me, I don't know what to say. He's like, oh yeah, he, you can tell him. So I wanted to know what your goals are for the team, and not so much winning or losing. But like the involvement the team will have with World Supercross, long-term goals, and just building the brand of of the Club MX World Supercross team. Do you have long-term goals? I think for right now, the long-term goal is just to like help continue to grow Club's name, and you know they've grown so fast in such a small amount of time, and they you know they've done such a good job promoting their sponsors and i just want to keep doing that i think long term like i would like to continue on doing the world supercross with them um and i think their goal for right now is to build it year after year and just continually grow it and i don't know what their vision looks like long term as far as their team going i can't speak on that but um i know for them they do want to be a part of the series they're really excited to be a part of the series you know adam's been awesome to deal with his whole team is crazy organized it's been and I think they really are just pumped to be like one of the 10 teams that gets to be a part of this huge thing that could grow into something really, really special. It was just absolutely great talking to you as always. Thank you. And thank you for always supporting me. And I appreciate you having me on. <laughs> 